Hi guys, welcome to Jules and Phoebe, the bi-weekly pop culture and social commentary podcast brought to you by yours truly, Jules and Phoebe. Happy New Year. This is our first episode of 2020. Happy New Year. How's the year been so far? Kind of already can't believe it's halfway through January, but you know, whatever. It's in a good way. Yeah, it's the actually going quite fast. The days are starting to get longer. It's nearly payday. Are they getting longer? Uh, yeah, from the 21st of December, they started getting longer again. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I mean, you haven't obviously noticed it yet, but no. mentally I know, <laughs> and that's what matters. <laughs> right, guys, as you will have seen on social media, I hope we are going to be jumping straight into a royal special today. Now, there's a lot to go through. We've got the receipts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think probably next episode is when we'll kind of go into January. We'll be back to kind of a normal structure. But we felt that Meghan and Harry stepping back as senior royals was worthy of a standalone episode. So that's what we're going to be diving into today. And if you are a diehard anti-monarchist, you may want to turn off now. But I hope you'll stick with us anyway. Yeah, but even if you're an anti-monarchist, you might still care about this. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it's quite a nuanced topic, I think. And it's captured the it's <laughs> captured the nation. I mean, it really, truly has. And I think it's probably come through in other episodes of ours that we are Megan fans, or it stands, you might even say. But we will try and provide more of a nuanced view here. We're not just going to be like, oh, she's done the right thing. Although she absolutely has. So with that in mind, where do you think we should start? Where do we start? I don't know where to start, Phoebe. No, I know. I think probably as a linchpin, Harry and Meghan actually electing to step back as senior royals is as good a place to start as any. So realistically, you will have seen that or absorbed that somewhere, even secondhand news, that post their Christmas break, which they spent in Canada, Harry and Meghan came back to London and... One of their first events, in fact, was at Canada House in the UK. Retrospectively, we now know, I think they were going in there to get their passports or their visas or whatever, their citizenship approved. And later that same day, they announced that they would be stepping back as senior royals. The thing is, for me, when I heard that, I I think about it more in the context of boundaries. Mm -hmm. So, so much has been happening Like if I think back to the royal wedding and when they announced, even before that, when they announced their engagement, I felt like Meghan was really trying to throw herself into British public service. Mm -hmm. And so we've mentioned like some of the initiatives that they support. So, you know, they're strong advocates of communities in Grenfell. Meghan did a clothing line for working women for charity. So I felt that, you know, as an outsider, she was really trying to, like integrate and and Mm. get involved and you know what you've noticed over the last two years is that no matter how much she tries or they have tried there's still been this negative backlash in the UK Mm -hmm. and so even when you had the royal wedding like we worked together when the royal wedding happened and we were the only two people in the office that cared oh my gosh actually do you (laughs) want to take this opportunity women two women in the office that cared no for sure but do you want to take this opportunity to plug your old podcast because you guys did an amazing episode no i don't want to take this opportunity to (laughs) plug my old podcast right that Um, was a great episode yeah but but we did do a um, royal wedding special 
very very into it very happy very excited and that's you know phoebe and i bonded over that moment because we mm-hmm. were like the only two women in the office that cared i actually have the sunday times from that weekend i went out and bought it because it had like the commemorative pictures and everything like that and obviously the front page was a big picture of them in the carriage and mm. her looking up at him and it's very very beautiful it's very sweet it's very beautiful it's very sweet right but i think it's important to right so if you think about it in the context of boundaries i think what they've done is a good thing i think you can't continue to do the same thing i.e throwing yourself into british public life and expect a different result Mm -hmm. right so it wasn't well received the general consensus in the uk of megan is not particularly positive which is strange to me. And actually, Stormzy said a really interesting thing about it where he was like, she's a really kind, sweet girl. If most of the people who were talking shit about her basically were forced to put pen to paper and write down what actually bothers them about her, there would be no credibility to it. But why do you say it surprises you that British opinion is they're not that fond of her? Why does that surprise you? I guess it surprises me just because... I know that I like her. Do you know when you like someone and your inclinations towards them are positive, you see the things that they do positively. And so it's hard to, it's naive obviously on my part because we've discussed before how prevalent racism is and how ingrained those racist attitudes can be. Because I'm sure plenty of people who don't like her would say, oh my God, it's not a race thing. Well, people on the internet are just saying that she's a bad egg. (laughs) Which is incredible. I mean, can you back that up obviously the bit that's the bad egg the the proof is that she's got a toxic family so it's like you can't even separate yourself from your toxic family without getting the blame for having a toxic family in the first place so people are saying that she's got a bad family well no it's her fault that she's got a bad relationship with her family yeah so that's being brought up in the news i've seen people say oh megan is not close to her family and now you know harry's in this situation right and i think that what we're seeing in the news that's another thing i think we need to like structure this conversation because you've got the media mm-hmm. which is a complete other thing you've got a couple who are saying you know what this is impacting our mental health we are deeply unhappy they've gone from as you can see royal wedding day very happy all the mm-hmm. pictures stunning and then it's just been a steep decline and i my position is you know once you have a child as well everything changes like there are things that you would do yourself and like there are risks that you would take as an individual without a child that you're just not going to take absolutely when you have a child right so i think that from what you know prince harry has said you know is that he wants to protect his family and i'm just not sure why people don't sympathize with that i absolutely agree and i think i i get what you're saying as well in terms of structuring this conversation and we are going to try and do that in terms of not just lumping things together because it's very easy to get bogged down in the okay there were racist headlines and that be the kind of the the focal point of any pro Meghan markle argument because whether or not this conversation is around Meghan and Harry. The fact is that she is the person who has borne the brunt of this hateful press campaign. But what I was going to say off the back of that is I do think that there is an overlap between how the royal family themselves have behaved towards her and that press campaign. But we'll get into that maybe in a little more detail. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, for sure. They're all snakes, actually. They are all snakes. They yeah. are all... And the thing is as well, I mean, I'm Irish, so I'm from a colonized country by rights i shouldn't be interested in the monarchy at all but i actually am i'm deeply fascinated but you seem to have a deep guilt with being interested in the monarchy like everybody's interested the british royal family is like one of the few royal families that 
people tend to have a, an interest in. It's true, actually, although I am quite But you're interested. always like apologetic, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> everybody's interested in the royal family. Yes, but you have to make sure that you are also, as you're being interested in being like, oh God, save the queen. Oh, she's so cute. I love how her hats and her handbags match. You have to remember that the monarchy as a whole is an imperialist, colonialist institution. And it's just almost when you get caught up in like that, oh, I loved a little brooch she was wearing, that you can forget the toxicity of the institution as a whole so just want to make sure that people are aware that we're aware of that and while this is like a fluffy gossip piece we're aware of that but i mean the monarchy in the uk does exist right Mm. and plays quite an important role in our society and i think the point you make is important like as a institution it's a toxic institution Mm -hmm. right so the fundamental existence of a monarchy equals inequality wealth disparity forget wealth disparity it's just already shows you that it's an unequal society right Mm -hmm. and where i've gotten pushback from some of my friends is that didn't megan know what she was getting herself into right if you think about the uk and if you think about what monarchy represents and you think about our culture in general did she have no idea what she was getting herself into did she not do enough research Well, the thing is as well, I can't obviously speak to what kind of research she could have even fucking done, not being funny, but like lived experience is always going to be different. No, you can do research. Let's all take, I mean, obviously you're a stan, but we have to be objective, right? Megan is not 17 or 18 or 19, right? She's nearly 40. Mm -hmm. She's been married before. And if we look at the history, right? We think about, you know, people that have come into the royal family and not been accepted. We've got contemporary examples of that we've got princess diana and what happened to princess diana Mm -hmm. as a big red flag right so did they underestimate the task that was ahead of them well but this is the thing as well where immediately the conversation circles back around to megan and what she could have done and what she should have or harry because it's his family exactly yeah and if there is a conversation here to be had about like well she was ill prepared There was only one person who was able to prepare her and it wasn't herself because she, whatever research you do, being in that institution and dealing with courtiers and, you know, the men in grey suits as Diana used to call them, you don't know what that's like. Whereas the person that you're engaged to, the person that you're marrying can very quickly be like, do not trust a single person. Was she given that information? You know, when you think about her first... So you're saying that she's got no responsibility in the situation? Not at all. However, the idea that you would have the responsibility to go into a situation where you are just in love with someone and you are forging a life together, there's an institution at play here in the background of Prince Harry's situation. However, if you strip that back for just a moment before we get into the weeds of this, they were just two people in love. Forget that two people in love thing. Because even know, as adults, you? even as two people who are not from a royal background, love only goes so far. Love only it's goes not like, so- oh yeah, we're in love, boom, we're going to have a happy ending. No, there is a process for you to get that happiness. Right? Yeah, but you would be the first to say as well that that happiness doesn't have to rely on anybody external. Like the idea if I was saying to you, oh, Charles and I are so happy, but there's an external member of the family who is making my life a misery. Like, you know that your approach to me, human to human, would not be, well, where's the research? No, my approach would be... You'd be snip snip. 
No, I believe in setting boundaries, right? So that's like, I don't, I have no issue with them wanting to step mm. back as senior royal members, right? But I think that anyone who's going into a marriage or going into a serious relationship, that type of commitment with another person, you do need to understand what you're getting yourself into. Mm. Now, there's a lot of divorce, right? So clearly the trend is not to understand what you're getting yourself <laughs> into, right? But considering that, you know, Megan is nearly 40 years old, and has been married in the past. This is my position on it. My position is the US is very different from the UK. Mm -hmm. In the US, you can be funny, you can be charming, and you can create a path for yourself and people can mm -hmm. love you, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the UK is not like that, right? No. So if you look at Megan, it's way easier for her to shine in the US context. She's intelligent, she's beautiful, she's accomplished, mm -hmm. right? In the UK, <laughs> In the UK, it's like... What school did she go to? As soon as you're not a white person. Mm. Okay. Do you see what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like, it's not It's not the same as the US. No, Where of people could sort of ignore where you're from because they see you're adding value, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so the, U, the UK is a lot more traditional. We're a lot more, or it is a lot more classes. The UK is very classes and the UK is very traditional, mm -hmm. right? So Megan has not come from pedigree in any way shape or form yeah she's kind of she's a self-made girl mm -hmm. basically absolutely and she's not white so it's just too much going on three strikes <laughs> and you you are, are out <laughs> like there is way too much going on for the uk situation like, i spoke to a friend of mine about this and i said but if you were her friend what would you advise and she said i would have advised for her to not marry him if she wanted to be happy wow if you're really? looking for happiness right i would have advised for her to not marry him if happiness is the goal and Jeez. that's where you have to respect someone like kate middleton because oh, we'll kate middleton wins her because but... no but she understands happiness is not the goal <laughs> the crown is the goal no but the crown is the goal right it is no so, weighty katie yeah so that's why i think if, if we're gonna say let's have an objective discussion it's like okay you went into this, but what did you expect? And yes, they are in love with each other. And I think for them, it makes sense to step back. Mm -hmm. But I don't think like Megan is just this, like, you know, helpless, like had no, no. agency and no, was forced to marry Prince Harry and forced to deal with the British press, you know? But I think that, I mean, I've got on the 8th of November, so I'm throwing it right back to 8th of November, 2016, which was when Prince Harry first confirmed that he was seeing Meghan Markle. It had been coming out in the press anyway, and that's when the straight out of Compton headlines were hitting about, you know, Meghan growing up in the ghetto and the mean streets, like fucking Skid Row or something like that. And the letter that he released read, he is aware that there is significant curiosity about his private life. He has never been comfortable with this, but has tried to develop a thick skin about the level of media interest that comes with it. He has rarely taken formal action on the very regular publication of fictional stories that are written about him and has worked hard to develop a personal relationship with the media, focused on his work and the issues he cares about. But the past week, a line has been crossed. His girlfriend, Meghan Markle, has been subject to a wave of abuse and harassment. Some of this has been very public, the smear on the front page of a national newspaper and the racial undertones of comment pieces. Some of it has been hidden from the public. Anyway, it goes on. This was November 2016. Mm -hmm. They didn't even announce their engagement until 
Yeah, but this is not about being engaged. This is no, about no, no, being with someone as in, that people are like, why are you with this person? No, for sure. But my point is that, yeah, I guess to a degree you are correct that the warning signs were there from the very get-go. But maybe in that instance, you're naive enough to think, well, when they see he's serious about me, they're going to ease off. No, that's what I think. I think because Megan is from the US and the US is a place where when you're adding value, mm-hmm. right, you get accepted. Yeah. Right? So she's like, I'm going to make the British people love me. I'm going to like throw myself into your traditions and they're going to see that we're so in love. Mm-hmm. And we're taking the royal family into the 21st century I mean, and God. it's going to be epic. Right. So I get that but it's just based on fiction like it's just not based on fact no of course i i get you i guess as well it's nice to be hopeful well and it's important to be hopeful i think what's worth noting as well is that a lot of the the structure within the royal family as it stands is upheld by courtiers which are typically your esteemed members of society like your lords your ladies or whatever who act as ladies in waiting or private secretaries or whatever for the queen and the various different houses so you've got the prince of wales so charles and camilla are cornwall then you've got cambridge which is kate and will and then you have sussex which is harry and Meghan. and all of these houses sit separately and have staff that reside within them now for a lot of these staff the tradition and the honour of being part of the royal family, the historic British royal family, that has to be upheld. Nothing else can come into the equation. It was bad enough when Kate married in and she was not of pedigree, but they will not allow anyone to bring them into the 21st century, basically. Yeah. And it seems to me that that is, more than anything else, what Meghan came up against. Well, I think on a day-to-day basis perhaps because it's not just external it's not just picking up a newspaper one of my friends was like oh why don't they just not read the news (laughs) (laughs) whatever (laughs) whatever and so it's not just the news it's sharks all around you right it's it's constant you know and if you're somebody who isn't a pedigree Mm -hmm. and spends time with people of pedigree you know that (laughs) they're making her life hell you know they're mocking her at every opportunity. Well, and also there was, I don't know if you'll remember this, you'll have seen the pictures when Meghan had her first private engagement with the Queen and they took the train and they were up, I can't even remember where it was, but the Queen wore a bright green suit, little hat, and Meghan wore kind of a shouldered cream dress. And supposedly Meghan was supposed to wear a hat, but no one along the whole chain of communication told her she needed to wear a hat. So she showed up at the event. She looked lovely, obviously, but her hair is blowing in the wind. And it came out afterwards, all of the pieces about, well, where was Megan's hat? And you think, well, fucking hell. Either someone's going to come out and say, oh, she didn't need to wear a hat. Or yeah, but it's a lot of people allowed her. It's microaggressions. Yeah, it's all those microaggressions and basically setting them up for failure. And it's people who are looking you in the eye and smiling. Yeah, but and that's then the waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the British way. Like, like I'm so um, cynical to a certain extent. It is funny because I was, I think with Meghan and Harry, I've always looked at Harry as somebody who's his own person. Mm-hmm. He's always just had different energy uh, to the rest of his family. Yes. And um, he's a hard worker. Yeah. But well, I don't know if he's a hard worker or not, but like Harry's always had different energy. Harry's always had like just like real energy you know and it was funny actually because i think when harry and megan were when their engagement was announced 
they showed pictures of Harry. You know, they always, I mean, always doing tours. Like you've got loads mm-hmm. of like Prince Charles going around the Commonwealth and like dancing and stuff like that. But then Harry was like somewhere with black people, like dancing. And then like one of the guys in my office was like, oh, something, something. Tower Hamlets. So it's like, oh, look at Prince Harry hanging around in Tower Hamlets. Fuck. Right. And then I was like, oh, I don't think there's that many black people in Tower Hamlets because Tower Hamlets is a predominantly Asian yes, neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've but I'm like, I just looked at this guy like, what are you talking about? And so I really respect Harry so much because he's always, you know, that's like a jab, basically. Like, mm-hmm, oh, look at Harry hanging out in the ghetto or whatever. Yeah. And I've always respected him as somebody who like makes his own decisions and is going to live his own life. And so now this whole thing is like spiraled. I just find it funny how they call it Megxit. Yeah, I know. You know, when it's... I mean, when it's Harry the Dirty, you guys. No, but it's like Harry's <laughs> always been his own man. Like, And it, also, Harry has not expressed a, surprise. a desire to leave the royal family before. When I mention that he's a good worker, I mean that he served 10 years in the military. I mean that he also sent a ballet and the Invictus Games are standalone initiatives that he set up himself that are still thriving. Actually, just as I was walking into the studio this evening, Dusseldorf was announced as the next location for the Invictus Games in 2022. Mm -hmm. This is also, it makes me realise more and more how good Meghan is at controlling a press narrative. Like, the news is just always coming in. You don't have time to focus on the well, bad. Well, she's clearly not that good at controlling No, but you know what? Not controlling it, but (laughs) feeding it. There's always something new coming out. Like, Well, it's... they're clearly not good at that because my understanding is that one of the main reasons for them to not want to be in the UK full time is because of the press. And a part of that is members of the royal family actually like feeding negative things to the press. Absolutely. And we're going to do a comprehensive link of articles and various sources that, that we've read and that I actually read anyway, not even just for this particular episode. There's a great one called Royal Foibles where he speaks about the insecurity of members of the royal family, in particular, William, who is always worried that he is not the most famous brother, despite being the brother that is going to be king or who is going to be king. Harry has more favour with the public. Yeah. People love Harry. You said it yourself. He's got good vibes. He's got good energy. Now, let's not... Even though Harry works more than William, neither of them are maintaining the same amount of kind of events or public visits as the senior or the more senior members, again, of the royal family, Princess Anne, Prince Charles, do like 500 events a year. But William supposedly has been seized with jealousy that Harry and Meghan are eclipsing he and Kate in the news cycle. Well, that's inevitable. Well, you know a really easy way to actually. This is the age them. of authenticity, <laughs> yeah. right? This is like this is the age of authenticity. This is why everybody loved Rihanna. Rihanna came into the scene; she was herself, and everybody like gravitated towards her and was like, "Wow, she's a person I can actually relate to her." When this was, you know, going on, when social media started to get really active, Beyonce, on the other hand, was trying to be perfect, 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 perfect. She was losing her following. People were disengaged, right? Mm -hmm. People cannot relate to that. And we have our Beyonce and we have our Rihanna in Prince William and Prince Harry, essentially, right? You've got one who's carefree himself, turned down for what? And then you've got the (laughs) other one who's just like bald and (laughs) boring. But boring. Beyonce is still thoughtful about what she produces. No, Beyonce what she changed. Does. Beyonce yeah. changed it up when she let go of her father's management. She mm-hmm. switched it up and she came back. Right. So there is an opportunity for Will to come back. But the situation we're in is that there people isn't, cannot because relate. He was never- 
there's nothing for him to come back from. He's never done anything. And I say no, this is No, but do you think that maybe inside he's this like very funny, great energy person? Maybe. I do not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But the point I'm making is that I think that's the situation we're in. Like people gravitate towards Harry because... He you is know, himself. He's himself. Yes, he's made mistakes, but people can relate to him. And when you see Harry, Harry just meets people and really connects with them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't doesn't matter who that person is. He can go to this, you know, charity in a sort of what do you say underprivileged community and like really genuinely connect with the people. Or he could be at a royal event, like mm-hmm. you know, gala, and connect with yes. people. And I really, really admire that. And I think that that's what people like about Harry. And then maybe, you know, they were just so irritated, you know, that he chose the wife that he did. But if you look at Harry, this was like in the tea leaves. Oh, absolutely. He was always going to choose someone that was not conventional. But I also think that he would have always wanted to leave. What's happened here is that he found someone who was like, cool, well then you can leave. Yeah. Probably his biggest saving grace was falling in love with and marrying someone who did not have the pedigree that you referred to because then they had nothing to lose. Oh, they yeah. They were like, they're already not going to accept me. So, yeah, let's go. Yeah, Let, true. Let's hightail it to Canada. Yeah, I hear true. they're dying to have us. Yeah, true. I think that definitely is an advantage for him because mm-hmm. he wouldn't have wanted to be with somebody that was like forcing him to play the game. I agree. And he's like, I don't want to play the game anyway, babe. Let's go. (laughs) And also, we're out playing everybody else. And this is something that I'm very keen to talk about in terms of work ethic and in terms of actual kind of ROI or return on investment in regards to the work that Harry and Meghan do. I am not someone, and I've said this on my social media already, I'm not someone who plays women against one another. But Kate Middleton has been in the royal family for nine years now. She is future queen consort. She's had three children. She's had three children. She has never delivered a project. She had five years before, I believe, just chilling up in Norfolk or wherever it was that they were living. She has never delivered a tangible project in any of the patronages or any of the charities that she's worked with. She's got an early years project that she's been talking about launching for the past two years and it keeps getting pushed back. She keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back but there's never anything tangible. Now, I want to contrast that with Meghan Markle who came on the scene and we've discussed this. I feel like I've said it ad nauseum. You're probably bored of hearing it. She did the Grenfell cookbook. She operated quietly behind the scenes. The only time people knew about it was when it got fucking launched she did the smart works project she did the vogue project all of these things were being worked on quietly consistently her visits to the women's shelter she's been doing this for a while and she was doing it before she joined the royal family obviously this comparison can only apply to the marians but none of the other marians can say the same yeah but i think we need to really really understand that no one cares (laughs) oh right but this is the thing but it doesn't matter what you say no one cares it's not relevant we don't care we're courtiers we don't give a shit like no but i mean that for the people who are listening who are like oh megan's too this megan's too that like they don't care i think it's it's at the point where and also it's the royal family so it's quite political Mm. people believe what they believe and they want their beliefs to be reinforced and people are not willing to have their minds changed right so i'm really into megan I mean, I used to watch Suits. I liked her. Me too. Uh, she married Prince Harry. I, I have no issue to not... What What is it that I wouldn't like her about? You know, I feel like she's nice enough. But when I've been speaking to my friends and people have said, okay, but 
why would you be the antithesis of an institution and want to marry into that institution? What did you expect? Surely there were alternatives. Like I can actually listen to people and hear where they're coming from because I feel that that's a legitimate point. Two, you want to leave. No, because don't talk to me about love because it's like (laughs) love doesn't pay bills. (laughs) Two, you want to leave, leave, Mm -hmm. right? Why should the British taxpayer be funding like your security and your lifestyle outside the uk okay off the back of that how much do you think you paid in taxes towards no but it's not about that no but i know that the royal family's contribution it's a net positive like the royal family's contribution to the economy is a net positive so i'm not against the royal family Mm -hmm. right my question is if you want to leave why don't you just leave yeah but to that point if you were to pick a number, how much do you think you paid in taxes? This isn't towards... about that because I'm, that's not my point. No, no, no. But <laughs> no, no. I'm interested to no, know no, what no, you would even not, think. It's not my, because that's not my issue. Because I have no issue. Like I, I'm happy to pay taxes in this country and where they go. It's not my concern. I'm not saying, oh, we're paying too much. I'm saying if you're sick and you're tired and you're unsafe and you don't want to be senior members of the royal family anymore, why don't you just leave? Why does the British taxpayer But the British taxpayer still have isn't to... paying anything. So they're leaving and then they're not getting any support. Who's paying for their security? That, I believe, is still being thrashed out between yeah, but, the but sovereign it's and... it's very, very expensive. I don't, they're then negotiating for them to, to get a contribution. I don't think it is very, very expensive. We paid £1.24 towards if you the want royal to leave, family This is my question, because my question isn't about the cost, whether it's £1 or whether it's £100 million. Pounds, right, right, but you know when you see if the you figures... If you want to go, because it's not about the figures, right? This is about the principle of, I want to protect my family... I don't feel safe, I'm unhappy, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I would like to work towards being financially independent or I would like mm-hmm. to be progressive and financially independent, right? Meghan is not poor and Harry is not poor. Yeah. So why don't you just leave? Is there a model for doing that? No, but they're doing something where there is no model for no, right but now. There's not within the UK royal family, but what I would argue is that they are suggesting a model basically where they've also never said that they were leaving. They said they were stepping back as senior members of the royal family. And this is where it's been skewed. That's not leaving the royal family. Yeah, so what they're proposing They're is proposing we step a model back. like Edward and Sophie. Where do Edward and Sophie live? Wessex. So they yeah, they, they live, live in, in the London. UK. They live in the UK. Yeah. However, they're not full-time patrons. Yeah. Or they're not full-time members of, of royal staff. And I just get, like, we're never going to be paying for Harry and Meghan's security when they're outside of the UK. But if they're spending six months of the year here working for the royal family, for example, or working for patronages, is it unrealistic that we would be paying money for their security while they're here? I don't think it's unrealistic to pay while they're here. I mean, we'll see because they're hopefully... I mean, they're trying to be transparent about the agreement. The reason why this is so important is because either the royal family is a birthright mm-hmm. or it's not, right? If it's a birthright, I feel it's Harry's right to get his allowance and mm-hmm. get the protection that he needs for his family, right? Mm-hmm. And whether people like it or not, you know, Megan is in the royal family. That's my personal position. Right. But when I've spoken to people and people have been like, well, if it's so awful... Why are they still asking for financial support Do you from not, the royal family? So this is what I'm interested in Because as well. they're not poor. Like, they're, they're not poor. They're not poor. However... Why can't they just go and be independent? When they propose that independency, mm. for example, Megan, the rumours that have been going around about her doing voiceover work for Disney, mm. people are up in arms about that as well. So what is it that you want? Do you want her to be independent 
Or do you want her to be trying to tick the box of the royal rota and doing X amount of appearances a year? Do you want her working, in which case you got to free them both entirely, but you don't get to bitch about them trademarking Sussex Royal? Or do you want them to be continuing to get money from the Duchy of Cornwall? And that's, I think, the cognitive dissonance that people have because you've been telling her to fuck off you've been telling her to give back the title and you've been telling her to give back the money and now she's done both and it's still no, not they're not giving up their titles she has said that she'll step back from it or that was proposed excuse me i beg your pardon she hasn't said that she'll step back from it basically in the statement that the queen released at the beginning of the week wherein she referred to them as harry and Meghan, the inference from that instead of referring to them as the duke and duchess of sussex is that their titles as such have been released from them. Now, he is still a prince of the realm, and by virtue of marriage, she is a princess of the realm, but it's up in the air at this point as to whether or not they are still a duke and duchess. My point is, what is the solution that people actually want here? Because she's allowed then to go and work, and she's allowed to do whatever she wants. If she wants to sell Harry and Meghan mugs, she can (laughs) do it, because... You want her to be financially independent. But if then the thing that people are going to get their knickers in a twist about is that she is cheapening the royal family by selling anything trademarked Sussex Royal, well, then she's going to keep taking the duchy money or they are yeah, going to. I mean, it's, it's complex and I don't think people have like, a, oh, this is the ideal solution. I think the ideal solution for them was that Harry would have never, yeah. <laughs> yeah, ever, yeah. ever married <laughs> this woman. It's you true. Know, who's literally... <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't know Megan personally. So I'm in a group chat with my sister-in-laws and we're like, we're so hyped about this situation. <laughs> and then my husband's like, oh my God, you guys think that she's your friend. And it's like, no, we just can all relate to Megan's situation to a certain degree. And there was an article that was published where, you know, they said black Britons understand why Megan yes. would want to leave. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that they were stepping back, it was like, duh. Like, I felt like, what else can you do? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The thing is as well, what I'm completely amazed by at this point is the fact that people can look at the coverage of Meghan Markle and genuinely say, I don't think that's racist. I don't think it's meant to be racist. Yeah, but I think people don't actually understand. Also, what I dislike is that I feel that being called racist is worse than than the act of racism. And it's like, that's what makes listening to the news so tough, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, we'll get onto the media because the media has really been quite appalling mm-hmm. over the last week. I've I've spoken to people as well who want to play this game of what about-ism, where it's like, well, I know that terrible things are said about this person. And I just want you to pause for a moment. I'm actually going to share not a personal anecdote because it's not about me, it's about my sister. My sister is an athlete and she's got quite a large following on Instagram. And she, for the first time, found personal comments made about her online by men who had found pictures from her social media and I'm not going to get into the weeds about what these things were but they were awful vulgar vile critiques on her physical appearance and what I think is so funny is when people say things like oh well you know I don't think it was that bad and blah 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 you wouldn't last half a day you wouldn't last half a day reading that stuff written about you And you love to talk a big talk about how it's not that bad and it's not this, it's not that. A woman 
moved to this country, gave up her life, gave up her career, gave up her friends and her family being close by and worked her fucking arse off. And we were too busy being upset about the fact that what, she wasn't white. So now she's taken, she's taken all of her talent. She's taken all of her resources and she's taken them elsewhere. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's such a shame, especially when you look at, you know, the UK is not looking too great Mm -hmm. at the moment, like internationally, if you think about Brexit, people are like, why would they do that? And internationally, Meghan is quite loved, actually. Mm -hmm. And so it's good because it's, it's, I really prefer to know where people stand. But it's sad that like we're really primitive when it comes to having these discussions about how race and and class intersect like we are just so far behind and when somebody does want to have those discussions like dr shola mosh shog babimu oh my gosh yes i had to get that name right before she listens to the podcast and corrects me (laughs) but you know when people are bold and brave and want to have those discussions you know they are accused of race baiting and things like that so that's why i'm like wow the conversation the public conversation is so two-dimensional to say as well dr shola is so worth following on instagram she's so interesting she's obviously speaking a lot at the moment about the Meghan markle situation in particular but i think she's a human rights feminist lawyer and activist or something like that so her insight is always i fell down a real rabbit hole of her stuff because she's only come onto my radar very recently since the whole Meghan Markle debacle but she's definitely worth following no she's worth following but also I think the way things have been set up in the media is really interesting so like Dr Shola is I mean she's great but I'm thinking why don't you have a white English person defending Meghan like or presenting an alternative view right so I feel Mm -hmm. like what the media is doing is otherizing you know Dr Shola's perspective so you know and, and I have white friends like phoebe who who Mm -hmm. agree with that perspective and people that i follow on social media who understand why megan and harry would want to take a step back but i think what the media is trying to do is like really take away the nuance from all of this and present it as a foreign perspective yes i absolutely agree and i mean just even a cursory look at dr shola here she's spoken on cnn good morning britain i think it's good morning britain whatever the one with Holly Willoughby is, and BBC. And it is important because she has a very nuanced and interesting and important perspective on it. But you are right, Juliet, where it's like, what is this need for the juxtaposition as well, mm. where the foil to her part is always a white woman who's like, no, actually, Megan nearly dismantled the royal family. It's kind of, again, supposed to... I believe subliminally reiterate this idea that oh well of course we shouldn't like Meghan Markle because she is other yeah and that attitude is dangerous but it is permissive it is everywhere and you may think that you haven't absorbed that but unless you have a very very conscious effort made in your life to unlearn those things you have absorbed them i'm sorry yeah you've absorbed them and it's very easy to absorb them so what they do is they bring dr shola and yeah if you've got the white english lady who's like this is an abomination and this is how the british people are meant to think and then you've got dr shola presenting her points and they're basically trying to like otherize her view present it as foreign and and illegitimate and shout her down 
and then they bring in Pretty Patel and they start quoting oh. people of colour who basically anti Meghan and, and Harry. And I'm like, Internalized oh, racism. very sick mm-hmm. of the media right now. Very, very, it's so played out. And I think they even had actually on Piers Morgan's show, they did have like an Asian girl on the show to basically try to go against Dr. Shola. But it's like that girl didn't get like one word in. But the thing is as well, they're still, they're bringing in the good immigrants to basically back them up. (laughs) But Um, the thing is, right, here's, here's a position I want to put to you. And obviously it's difficult to always make sure that you are fully informed on everything going on in the news and every little kind of bump in the road or whatever at any one time there are things that people start talking about and i think i've got no idea of what side i'm on here you know what is a pretty good benchmark of where i want to sit on anything is just the opposite of what piers morgan thinks oh yeah so the fact that i can know people who are like yeah you know what i actually do think that Meghan markle was no good if i thought that hmm. and then someone said to me oh yeah piers morgan said the same thing hmm. I'd have to be like, oh, I'm rethinking my position because there's no way that I can be on the same side as that man. It's all very weird because Stormzy came out recently and said, you know, the UK's racist. And then Piers Morgan was like, he's right. Mm. But this right? is the thing. And earned a bit of street cred. People were like, oh, oh, Piers is backing you, Stormzy. And then now, you know, obviously he's gone back to, I think that was like a system error. Now he's gone back to like his usual position. 404. Yeah, um. literally 404. <laughs> but I think it's so funny. So in the media, they're like, what evidence do you have? Or it's been criticism, but there's no racism. And it's like the queen's great grandchild was called a chimpanzee. Like, And how you could not cower in shame. Come on, Megan is literally being blamed for like the thing. For drought and murder. For drought and murder, it's like. I'm so sorry. I mean, I I hope at this point that everyone would have seen the 20 BuzzFeed headlines where they show the different treatment that Kate Middleton, who again, anyway, whatever, I'll get to that in a second. I've already made my point that she has had no tangible projects. Um, (laughs) The headline about Kate Middleton not long to go, pregnant Kate tenderly cradles her baby bump while wrapping up her royal duties ahead of maternity leave. And William confirms she's due any minute now. Juxtaposed with, why can't Meghan Markle keep her hands off her bump? Experts tackle the question that has got the nation talking. Is it pride, vanity, acting, or a new age bonding technique? So like, sad. So sad. You've tried to link her eating avocados with funding drought and murder yeah but when kate eats them it's just a handy morning sickness yeah and then you say oh that's not racism that's just criticism and i think that that's why i say our understanding of racism classism sexism in this country and how it's played out is very primitive Mm -hmm. i agree i mean there was a this is how pathetic it was there was an article talking about the flowers that she had chosen for her wedding bouquet, mm. potentially poisoning her niece, Princess Charlotte. It's like, what? Because it's too the much. princess is going to eat them. Yeah, it's like, too much. Like, that's Darwinian if yeah, she does. Yeah, Like, let's be honest. Yeah, it's, I just think this is another loss for the UK in terms of, like, what are we leading in? <sighs> Good question. What are we leading in? You know what, as well, in just... Not in terms of... We're literally leading... Okay, of course, Americans are incredibly ignorant, but we're, like, not far (laughs) off. We're leading in ignorance. Sorry to our American listeners. What is interesting is, not in terms of official endorsements, we're talking purely unofficial here, but what a great source of 
revenue generation Meghan Markle was as well. Oh, yeah. But we absolutely hated her for that too. Oh, yeah. And just in case you think I'm just saying that, if you take the fashion industry in the UK being worth, in terms of exports, about $10 which is a huge amount of money, obviously, what they're calling the Meghan Markle effect or what was called the Meghan Markle effect. And this is from a 2019 list by list, L-Y-S-T. Markle was listed as fashion's most powerful dresser. The global fashion search platform year-end report analyzing web traffic, searches and sales at online stores found that on average, Meghan Markle's outfits generated a 216% increase in searches for similar pieces. For example, the Centale coat that Markle wore for her first public appearance as part of the Royal Day... F- you don't as, need to read the I whole know, article, the whole thing. Phoebe. Thank but you. anyway, okay, 164% increase. Okay, right? we get that. But Meghan what we... could have been worth 200 million a year to the British economy in oh, terms yes, of her fashion absolutely. choices. But British people British don't brands. care. This is why they're leaving the EU. They don't care. They just want to leave. They don't want to be with immigrants anymore. They don't want Meghan to be there. They don't care mm-hmm. if she's going to generate money for this country. They don't care. And I think that the point you're making is so important in terms of retail, right? Mm-hmm. Because all British businesses are going down the pan, Absolutely. down the pan. Wait until M&S goes bankrupt, guys. Okay, M&S <laughs> just lost 10% of its value. And um, where she had a tangible impact as well. No, that's what I'm saying. So no, but this is, I mean, there were a pair of Welsh jeans that she wore Back in maybe 2017, 2018, the brand was, I'm going to have to spell it because I'm not quite sure how to say it, H-I-U-T-T, I believe. They had outsourced all of their manufacturing to Morocco. And then back in 2017, when Meghan Markle wore a pair of their jeans, they ended up opening and increasing their employee count by about 200 people in Wales. And see... See, you people see. in Wales who voted <laughs> who voted for this Tory government, see? <laughs> and they had a wait list until May 2018. No but, no, but I think what you're saying is so important, but unfortunately, no one cares. No one cares. I know. Like, and this is no thing. one cares. Like, British people don't want to make money. <laughs> they don't want don't want to move into the yeah. 21st century. They also don't they want to move in those circles. They don't want to have that pedigree. They hate when somebody else Oh my starts gosh. To move in those what killed too. me was that classic uh situation. And you had a uh, Dr. Shola Moth Shogbabimu and this other lady and then this other lady was oh like God. this is an abomination what's happening and Dr. Shola was like listen it's 2020 like they you know are allowed to make their own decisions as a couple. And then this lady was like, this is completely against royal protocol. And then Dr. Shola was like, how do you know you're not royal? <laughs> and then the lady was like, but I've studied. And she said, if you study all you like, you're still not royal. Yeah. And I think that is what it is. These people imagine themselves in Megan's spot or Absolutely. something. Something is going on. And people being like, they're going to be divorced in two years. Guess what? He's still not going to marry you. He's still not going to marry you. Like, and, like you know. I'm sorry. And... Even if they did, and I really hope they don't. So what? what? Yeah. So <laughs> like, what? You get to be like, all right, Judith, I was right about that, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Yeah, exactly. It's contentious. It's so, it's so, so complex. And I hope that somebody like writes something that I can read that. I hope they do a tell all. Who does a tell all? Harry and Meghan. No, you can't do a tell all. You can't. I know you can't. Depending on but... like their, their arrangements going forward. Like I don't, I feel like they have handled themselves with so much dignity. I agree. 
And I hope they continue to handle themselves with such dignity, such class. And I really do feel like, you know, they're doing some good for the world. But I just don't see how the monarchy is going to survive once the queen goes. And this is they're what, all a bunch of idiots. And that's it. This is what's so myopic about the whole thing. Let's be honest. And this is worth discussing and worth thinking about as well. Even with the, the senior royals, and I mean senior in terms of age, so the Anne, Charles, Edward, Sophie, whatever, there is an argument to be made here that it doesn't matter how many ribbons you cut and how many hands you shake, you can do 400, 500 engagements a year. But if there is no tangible positive impact for those charities off the back of you being there and cutting that ribbon, would it be more worthwhile for you to pare back your schedule, work less events and actually have a ripple effect on your patronages? And You're not going to have a ripple effect if no one cares. You're not going to. No, but this is my point that the royal family need to start delivering something. Well, because they need to the because they're the only royal family in Europe and I think in the world that anyone really cares about. Like royal families are over. They're living quiet lives. Mm. like no one cares well also they're working if you look at like the nordic royal families a lot of them actually have full-time jobs yeah or like part-time jobs do you know what i mean where they balance their their royal duties with that yeah some of them live outside of the country altogether princess madeline of sweden is probably the model that harry and Meghan are looking at where she's married to an american guy she's chilling she still does royal duties but she's back and forth yeah and this is what's so unfortunate william was so worried about somebody stealing the limelight from him that he's passing leaks to the daily mail and the mail on sunday or whatever it's it's such a shame and also because we're, we're gonna have to go soon but like <sighs> if you think about Meghan markle's family mm-hmm. her father and her sister have been given a platform on mm-hmm. national tv oh my goodness yeah right to come out with their grievances and basically make Meghan look bad, right? Mm-hmm. My understanding is that her dad's interview on British television was nominated for a BAFTA and right. Prince William is the president of BAFTA, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, this isn't about, oh, this person's a bad egg. This is about the institution and family that's meant to protect them. You know, imagine if you moved, left your whole life to move and be with your partner and the family literally conspired against you. Absolutely. This is untenable. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anybody would want to be in that situation on a small level. Imagine it being on the scale that it is. And this is the thing as well. You this look is at- not about being a bad egg. <laughs> it's absolutely not about being a bad egg. And I think as well now... And also I would like to say, <laughs> sorry to cut you off, is that, you know what, if your family are toxic if your family don't bring any joy or happiness into your life it is okay to distance yourself Mm -hmm. from your family absolutely i support you if no one else supports you i support you and that is a really important point to make actually it is a diversion from the point that i was going to make but it is a really important thing to say that you know oftentimes in situations but they're trying to present megan like the problem like oh she's only close to her mom she's only got one member of her family and it's like, well, she's clearly an emotionally healthy yeah. person. Like healthy. I don't know how you say healthy emotionally. Mentally healthy. Uh, mentally healthy. Know. But whatever. She's done the work. And where, so has Harry because he's spoken openly and about Harry, therapy. And Harry has done the work as well. They have done I the trust work. them. I trust they know them what they're doing. To make decisions for themselves. I'm sorry. Whereas, and you guys might not know this because you might not be as interested in it as I am or as Juliet is, 
William's been having an affair and it got shot down in You've the been dying come, <laughs> come for me, William. Okay. William, <laughs> William has been has having, been an, having affair. an affair yes. with Rose Chomley, who is one of their neighbours in Anmer Hall, which is where they live up in Norfolk. Now, this was shut down and it was one of those things where the dogs on the streets knew about it. It got written about Well, really it's an strangely. open secret. An open secret. It got written about very strangely in the context of Kate Middleton was pushing this woman, Rose Chumley, from her social circle. And the inference was that there was more to this than met the eye. William came out all guns blazing, lawyer letters, cease and desist, don't talk about this. Never said once in his kind of cease and desist letters that the story was false. Just said that he reserved the right to not have his personal life spoken about in the press. So everyone was obviously like, and again, I will link to the article about this because it is juicy reading. Everyone was like, oh, well, shit. So it's obviously true then. If you're going to lock this down yeah, it's while never saying... It is ob- obviously true. And if you, can, if you can protect yourself and your family from the press, why can't you protect your brother and his family from the press? You have well, all the power. That's interesting, Juliet, because actually what he did was he fed... Meghan Markle to the press yeah. because it was a welcome distraction from, from his own activity. Yeah. And you can work backwards actually. Juliet sent me a fantastic thread which we will also include um in the show notes where you can work backwards and see for every time there was a bit of negative press about William whether it was the affair, whether it was the Mary Berry Christmas special where everyone saw Kate throw her shoulder back so that William couldn't touch her. You can then cross-reference that and see something came out about Meghan and Harry the very next yeah. day yeah. and more often than not the person who was writing that would be either Richard Kay or Dan Wooten both of whom are known mouthpieces for the Cambridges mm-hmm. so what what's your prediction how do you think this is all going to end up I think that Meghan and Harry will continue to be a force for good maybe on a smaller scale you know they've obviously Mm. surrounded themselves with a powerful network which i think is really important and i think that the uk will do what it always does where it becomes completely desensitized forgets that we have ever had anything good going on and kate and will being the face of the royal family the the young royals (laughs) doing the absolute bare minimum (laughs) will be absolutely lauded i saw something yesterday it's again it's just the bare minimum the bar is on the floor and it makes me so tired it makes me so bored prince william's handing out awards and he signed something like well done darren or whatever mm. to the deaf man who's receiving the award now i'm not saying that having that signed to him by prince william wasn't special but i am saying are you joking me this man is nearly 40 basically Imagine on instagram praised for learning a sentence in sign language. Imagine me going, Juliet. I know. That's how it's done. Oh, no, the bar's definitely definitely on the floor. The but what's interesting with the them floor. is that I feel like the media is trying to, like, they'll post Kate on Instagram and act like she's this fashion icon, you know. And Kate hates they, fashion. They really try. How do you know if Kate hates fashion or not? Because if Kate liked fashion, she would have more than one fucking style of coat. I don't think she hates fashion. Everything she owns has buttons on it. That's all. No, but that's her style. That's her style. She has a very classic style, which is fine. But I don't think that. No, no, no. And she's very well put together. I'll give Kate that. 
but I wouldn't say that she's an international style icon. No. She's not at that level. She doesn't make you feel like, oh, let me go and like buy what she's wearing. But she's well put together. And I just think that they want to be like, she would she's love not, to yeah. be adored the way Princess Diana was adored. And it's like impossible because Princess Diana was just a very special human being mm-hmm. who was authentic, right? And that's mm-hmm. why everybody loved Princess Diana. And so I feel like whether Prince Harry and Meghan are in the UK full time or not, I don't think they're going to achieve that goal. If anything, I think they're exposed a bit more now. Mm-hmm. Do you see what you I mean? mean Prince William, William and, Kate. and Kate are oh, exposed a bit more. I they, hope so. They don't have Meghan and Harry doing their work for them. Yeah, they don't have Meghan and Harry to kind of like throw under the bus. Like mm-hmm. if they're not going to be here and I don't yeah. think they're going to be communicating what they're doing. You asked me my prediction. Yeah. Kate's gonna have another baby oh yeah for sure like I know that she gets terrible morning sickness I'm not trivializing that at all but I do also think that then Kate is a mother of four a that's ideal because she's emulating the queen and I do think I'm not just trying to bag on Kate at all but I think that she's complicit she's an Ivanka Trump that's what she's definitely complicit like she's absolutely she might not do it but she allows it to happen no but she is complicit like she's I think that she tries to be as beige as possible because she's conscious that she doesn't have the pedigree either. So she wants to make sure there's nothing to criticize. So if you think Mm -hmm. about like, as you said yourself about her fashion, it's, it's safe. She's well put together. Yeah. yeah. She's got two styles that she wears. But she's always been that way. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, she had this great personal style and it, and it disappeared. She's always been, and I think that's probably why they were quite happy with Kate to be the future queen because Kate is someone that you can mold. Yeah. She's always been moldable. Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, I think that my prediction is that, you know, this will die down. Nobody will yeah. care. Something something else will happen. I think what's unfortunate is that, you know, this whole thing has blown up so much, so much more than the Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein yeah. stuff. And yeah, and I think that that's the British culture. Mm-hmm. That is the British way. Like Prince Andrew has the pedigree, can do what he likes to a certain extent. If you don't have the pedigree, I'm just using that as like a way to phrase it. And they let you in. They think they take away your choices. Mm -hmm. And what Meghan and Harry have showed is like, no, you're not. I'm a human being. I still have agency and I can make the choices that are right for myself and my family. And that's very, very powerful. Like some people are just happy to have a seat at the table. Kate Mm -hmm. Middleton. Yeah. But then you've got people that Meghan that are like, no, 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 no. And I admire that. Just to circle it back to funding as well. No one has spoken about Andrew having to downsize from his 20 bedroom house or whatever because he has the pedigree he has the pedigree and also you know I think it's that Kate and Will's house is like 15 bedrooms or something like yeah, that they're the future you king know? and queen Harry and Meghan chilling out in Windsor in whatever it was a four bedroom cottage yeah and we were losing our people minds. were losing their mind just um, leave those people be my taxes my taxes what are you talking about yeah it's one of those things where that is such a loose understanding of how the economy works i'm not justifying the amount of money that the the uk has the lowest numeracy and literacy in europe okay no Mm. one has a deep understanding of anything Mm -hmm. yeah but anyway i'm super happy for them them. i support them i think they've made the right decision for them and i'm looking forward to seeing how things play out well, I will also just say this one last point that Megan was at a women's shelter in British Columbia mm. yesterday 
volunteering with women who were fleeing abusive domestic violence situations so she's already demonstrated that she's ready to put the work in a part of me is like yes i really commend her for being so hard working but i think also she needs to just take some time for herself yeah because it's like the media is a beast within itself you can't court the media mm-hmm but then say, I want it to be on my own terms. Mm-hmm. So constantly putting yourself out there, even when something like this is going on, it's like you are courting the media. But have you looked at their website? Yes. Okay, so because what I was going to say is I think that part of that for them is like not about necessarily not doing things and not releasing that to the media. But I, and I wasn't aware of this. And again, if you guys have looked at the website, then you will be aware of it. This is the new Sussex Royal website. But basically the way the Royal Rota operates is that any time that the Royal family do something or release a picture, it must be released to the papers that fall within the Royal Rota. So that's your Sun, that's your Daily Mail, that's your Telegraph. And I think that there's about three others. And basically... The majority of those publications, if not all of those publications, have been the ones who have been doing the the worst hatchet jobs on Meghan Markle. And so as part of their new initiative, they said, we're moving away from that. The people that we want to give space to in journalism are the up and coming, the grassroots publications, the young journalists who are just finding their feet, basically. So I don't think it's necessarily about don't court it. I think it's about, well, they're taking back the narrative. So the idea that they're able to just release pictures on their social media Mm. and not have to be like, oh, well, and here you can see it duplicated in the mail on Sunday or whatever. Yeah. I think that that's part of what's important. Yeah, it's super interesting. I mean, I just hope that ultimately, like, they are just happy together. You know, too. you don't want to go through all of this and then you go back to the royal family with your hand in your Oh, I know, your tail your between hat, your legs. Your, yeah, with things. your, exactly, with your tail between your legs. That, for me, would be like the worst. No. And I don't want to see Harry in that position. I don't want so to see I hope the, they can you know really what? build a strong family unit and, and be therapy. happy. They've had therapy. Yeah, but therapy doesn't mean that you don't get divorced. It doesn't mean that you don't get divorced, but it means that you're coming to the table with a much healthier relationship. I hope so. I hope so. I, hope I don't so. know them, I don't. right? Personally. <laughs> Despite how I've presented this myself, whole thing is pretty extreme. And the worst outcome for me would be for Prince Harry. Obviously, she's made sacrifices, but to really take this huge step and then have to come back with his tail between his legs. I don't think legs. he would. I don't think he... I think that he always wanted to make the step. And if you look back on quotes and things like that from him, I can believe that he always wanted to make the step. And yeah, even but it's not if, easy God to make forbid, that step by yourself. No, it's no, not. no, no, but... It's not, it's not that simple. I think when you have someone on that journey with you, you help each other take mm-hmm. those steps, right? But then if you do end up by yourself, it's tougher to remain outside to, to of it. To set those boundaries and to remain out of it because that's mm. how he's grown up. That is yeah, his that's life. True. It's not Megan's life. No, that's true. Oh, I'm rooting so for you I guys. I <laughs> am rooting for them, right? Big and that's time. the thing because I'm not going to sit here. It's like, it's like when we say, oh, what, what were they thinking? Like, did they not have a, a bit of a plan? It's like, you have to think about things, right? So the idle scenario is like, yeah, yeah, they're happy they've had therapy. But like, really, I hope they are happy. And No, so, so do know, I, and, for um, sure. And they can thrive yeah right that's all i want that's all i want that's the thing i mean we didn't even get a chance guys to talk about the itv interview there was actually so much more to unpick here than i was expecting we didn't get a chance to talk about the itv interview when they were in africa i know that that rankled a lot of people i don't i don't know what to say we can't we can't be like oh we're gonna do another royal special uh we're not gonna do another royal special but we hope you've enjoyed the show 
please follow us on Instagram at Jules Phoebe. We're we'd love to hear Facebook. from you. Yeah, we're on Facebook as well. We'd love to hear from you. And please share the podcast with a friend. Yes. And just as of this week, we're also on Spotify as well. So you can now find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast and SoundCloud. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.